Hello, fine listeners. I have a very lovely bonus episode for you this week. Um, This has been a weird week. It's been a very, very strange week for me. Um, My power's finally back on, and things are kind of getting back to normal here. Um, My fridge is cold enough to put food in it again, so... Uh, been a rough week, but things are going along good, and I'm getting things back to normal. So I have a bonus episode here, which is super awesome because it's a interview with my good old pal, J.B. Franz. Um, we've been friends, God, since like maybe 2000, early 2000s, 2001. We worked together at Musician's Friend um, down there in Draper, Utah, at the call center there. And uh, just became good friends, really respected each other musically and personally, and have just, uh, of course, lives have gone different ways in 20 years, but we've always remained in touch and uh, have just kind of cheered each other on through the bullshit of life for the last 20 or so years. And recently, we started collaborating on some studio recording stuff, and it has been a fucking blast to create this music with my old friend. Uh, it's been an interesting idea where we just have kind of sent files that were incomplete. I, I referred to them as song frames, like song structures, or I thought of them as like blueprints. A lot of them began with just like a bass, dr- a bass line and a drum beat and a song structure. Um, and... He kind of he sent me a whole bunch and just kind of let me paint over the top however I wanted to. And I sent him back and he loved it and we've recorded probably 10 or 11 songs now, um enough for a full album. And we decided to call it Piano Drop Complex. And uh I will have a YouTube playlist with all of them, which I'll put a link for that in the show notes as well. Um, but it's just really been a fun, super awesome studio project because there's been no limits on any of the music. We're not trying to do any specific thing. It's just like, hey, here's a riff. You take it and do what you want to do with it. And it's just awesome that they have all turned out as well as they have. Appreciate everybody listening and uh, hope everybody is doing well. This is my good old pal, JB. JB, thank you for being on my podcast, dude. Thank you for having me. Tell me about Piano Drop Complex. How did it come about for you? Um, Piano Drop Complex came about because I basically hermitized myself and ended up moving into an apartment where I couldn't play drums or mm. really be loud. I couldn't plug anything into an amp and, and get away with anything. So it turned into a, like a bedroom studio process that had to be localized on my computer and my studio monitors and my headphones. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty much the way all my stuff is now because I'm up all night. So I have to always have the headphones. Right. So um, this is a project that we've been kind of working on together. You've been sending me over these sort of like frames for songs. Are these... How long have you had these songs? Have they been sitting around for a long time? When did this all start? Uh, these are <laughs> the newest batch. 
but technically I guess it's probably been about five or six years that I've been making them, but I always, I always cycle through. Um, so the ones that you actually, uh, I like that you call them frames. Um, um, I picture them as like scaffolding that I send to you and then you, you actually make the building happen. Um, But those have been, those are only a year old. If that. Oh, all right. Uh, maybe yeah 10 10 to 15 months depending on which one we're talking about but they're not they're all close to a year oh right on well i've i've been having a blast making this stuff with you dude it's been so much fun to just get these wild fucking song structures and paint whatever weird things i can over the top and it's been so much fun to do it's yeah and everything you've sent back has been awesome i love i love um I forget which one it was, but you literally sent me back three. You're like, here's this version where I tried to act like John Schofield. Here's oh. this version where I tried to act like Steve Vai. And here's this <laughs> version where I was just winging it and doing whatever. Yeah. And then, then you sent back a fourth of them all melded together. It was right. Herb. Yeah, no, it was fun. It's been fun to just kind of like, like my whole process with it is just, I'm, I'm all about finding a tone that cuts through the sound. So like I would put your song on and then I would pull up my Helix, my Line 6 Helix and find a guitar tone that sat in that nicely and then just improvise everything through the whole song. And then I would cut all the shit out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it was really, it really turned out fucking cool. Like I didn't expect it to to turn out the way it did. I just, I love all of it. Most of it, almost all of it landed so in the pocket for what the song need, dude, especially I have to admit move me and another too late. Mm-hmm. You, they were two of my babies that I was really protective with when I sent them yeah. to you. Um, I was hesitant to send them to right. you. I, I sent you that other video of, of another too late where I have, I had that whole guitar part. Yeah. Laid out you, on the acoustic. Song. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what you sent me back on that blew my mind. It was, it was perfect. I made it a song. It really did. Well, I, I'm glad that you enjoyed what I was doing on it. So awesome. So um, these are bonus episodes. I'm super glad to get to talk to you again, man. Like I said, we were saying it's been so fucking long. It's just awesome to see your face and talk right. to you again. Yeah. Um, on my bonus. Yeah, exactly. On my bonus <laughs> episodes, I got a couple of questions that I ask everybody. So here we go. Okay. What is your earliest musical memory <laughs> digital underground okay Ex- explain more um probably the hip-hop group right or like yeah probably yeah, yeah. the ex- excitement that i had when i was nine or 10 years old calling into the radio station to vote for the Humpty dance. Oh so man. <laughs> it would be number one on the countdown for the nine at nine countdown that night. Nice dude. So, that is awesome. And then the getting Humpty hold of that album and realizing how badass those guys actually were. I really don't know anything about them. Are they, they're good that we're checking out. Well, it, um, it's almost all, Everything is sampled from Parliament P Funk. Okay. So it, nice. it can't be bad. Yeah, you're, you so, can't go wrong with any of that. So. No. 
so that kind of yeah. gave me a tunnel back into like where did this music come from yeah man okay although cool. I, I will call myself out and say i think my first concert was actually garth brooks so there's that that's a pretty good variety though i mean usually when people are like i listen to all music except for rap and country well you're you, <laughs> you got both of those already yeah. yeah what about himalayan throat singers like what? yeah that's what i was saying let's let's get into some norwegian black metal here mm -hmm. like We'll see if you like all music. Burn some churches and decide how you think. Right. All right. That's a great one. That's a really good one. Um, do you remember your very first instrument? Very first instrument was the saxophone. In, oh, really? In fourth grade. Okay. So you were you a band guy throughout? No. Unfortunately not. I wish I was. I wish I would have stuck to it. Um, yeah. But no, in fourth grade, when I had first moved to California, mm -hmm. um, I signed up for the saxophone, but I was so small that by the fifth grade, I traded it for the flute because the damn saxophone was too heavy, oh. big for me to lug around. And the right. other kids were picking on me. For playing the flute? No, for playing, oh, for, for being in the band. Oh, gotcha. so Then I got a flute and a flute case is basically like a police baton. I could swing that right. little bastard around and <laughs> take care of myself, but that only lasted a year. And then... Yeah. From there, nothing until high school. I started playing guitar a little yeah. bit, trying to learn guitar in high school and mm -hmm. not really putting myself into it. And it wasn't actually until I got hired at the friend. Mm. Um, I got real competitive. Really? At Musician's Friend? Yeah. With everybody there that was working with us? Well, just watching everybody in the break room. Oh, when, okay. when they would go in there and mess around on, in the product room and play on stuff. Yeah. I right. was like, I can't hang out with these guys if I can't at least pull some of that shit off. Yeah. So that's when I started going home every night, all night for four or five hours. And just, I got super into Buckethead and I was trying to do all the Buckethead stuff. And nice. I showed you my, my pinky. That's not happening. Buckethead's hands are. Yeah. So um, that, it was a friend that actually got me okay. back into it. That's when I started learning to play the drums. That's when I was. Started playing playing stage shows with bands that and that's yeah. huge. That makes such a big difference. Oh, dude, that's everything. Playing live shows, yeah, yeah, badass. So, well, that leads into the next question. What was your first on stage musical experience? Bass. Your first it was playing bass for one of those bands back then. Yep. Okay. Um, bassist for sure. I uh, I used to work with this guy at a warehouse that was in his fifties when I was mm -hmm. back then. So I was in my twenties and yeah. he had enough disposable income to have him and his couple of his 50 year old buddies yeah. shop in his garage and, and they needed a bass player. Hmm. So I was the, the 22 year old hmm. in, in the band of, you know, I, and I had to learn all the, you know, all the kiss songs, all the Alice Cooper, all wow. the, all the stuff that they wanted to play Rocky mountain yeah. way, you know, right. everything from, from back in the day on the bass. And I, I played and, and jammed with them around salt Lake. We did, uh, we did a few, we did, we played club 90 a couple times. Okay. We played, uh, we played uncle Bart's. We played, mm -hmm. um, you know, a couple of old school, you know, dive bar, yeah things but the, that's the experience was just amazing yeah 
especially playing with the older dudes. That's really interesting because I did the same thing. I, when I was down in Salt Lake, before I moved up here to Idaho, I was playing in Jerry Bones and I was the 20 year old bass player playing with 50 year old dudes. Right. And they walk up to the mic and go, everybody, here's the kid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and then I moved, I moved up here and I, a week later I joined my dad's band and they were all in their fifties too. So I was playing bass in that band too. It's, It's kind of the exact same thing. That's pretty wild. You know, what's crazy is in another 10 or 15 years, we're going to be the 50 year old dudes that get the 25 year old bass player in our band. I know. That's really, really weird. <laughs> it goes quick, man. But, you know, that's interesting. And I'm sure that was probably huge because you probably were kind of forced to learn songs you might not have wanted to learn prior to that, right? No, never even given a thought to. No. And and I did the same thing to those guys, actually. Um, okay. Two, Open them up to new stuff. Two songs a set, me and the guitarist would switch. I would take the guitar and he would play the bass. Okay. And we did uh, Jimmy's Chicken Shack's Do Right. Oh, nice. And I would, oh my God, I, would, I forgot about those guys. Would sing and play that. Nice. Um, and then we did, I got them, I think two shows we did No One Knows by Queens of the Stone Age. Oh, that's a great song. Dude. Yeah. With me on the guitar and singing on that. So it was, right a, it was a really amazing experience. They were super open-minded. Yeah. You know, they, they, awesome. they, weren't, they weren't trying to get on the radio. They weren't trying to make a hit. They were just having fun. Yeah. Just playing music. Yeah, and the 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 environment that that creates is is irrelevant. yeah yeah I agree. Now that's that's awesome. Um, your very first concert that you went to, not that you played at, but that you went to. I think I think it was the Garth Brooks at a stadium in Northern California. I think that was it. But that was because my parents drug me to it. Yeah. I think if you're, if you're asking what my first concert was that I went to on purpose that I paid money for. Um, <laughs> yeah, what's that? Um, Something you were excited to see, you know? <laughs> How many people are going to see this? I don't know. I mean... Uh, insane Clown Posse? Oh. oh. We, can edit that. We, can, we can edit that out. If you <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. No. And I've seen them like four times. Oh my God, that's hilarious, dude! But it was, it was, I was young and dumb, and didn't please know just better. tell me you don't have an ICP tattoo on you. Hell no, 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 no. Okay, no. all right, yeah, that's funny. All right, we'll let that one slide. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Beatles or Stones? Beatles, the classic. Okay, yeah, most people usually go Beatles, man. They're just so much more. I don't, I don't get, the, I don't get the Stones. I don't get the appeal. You know, I don't either. I don't. The only I, thing I, that I, I respect it. Me too. It's been around. They're still around doing their thing, but it just never like grabbed my ears. You know, the the one thing that I did find fascinating about them, actually, is deny it or not, Keith Richards writes a hell of a guitar part. Like his, yeah, for sure. his use of triads and shit. Like if you actually look and study through some of his songs and the way he plays them and adds to the, to the music. Yeah. I, I've, I have to hand it to him. When I did a big triad study, he kept coming up and kept coming up and kept coming up. So I was like, all right, I guess I've got to learn some Rolling Stone songs. Yeah. And he, he's superb. You um, ever mess around with that open G tuning that he does? Uh, probably it didn't stick. I've messed around with so many open tunings. Um, yeah. None of them ever stick. 
No. <laughs> I, yeah, they're fun to goof around with. But. Yeah, they're sometimes Dad Gad is it has its place. Um, yeah, I, I love a lot of the Melvins tunings, which are just ridiculous. Like low, they go down like B and stuff. Like a. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, that's cool. All right. So you're obviously a creator uh, with your music. You know, there's a lot of people that play music, but they don't really create their own music. Um, where do you feel like the need or the desire to create comes from in you? Wow. What a question. Um, because I feel like that I hear things in my head that aren't out yet. Okay. That I haven't heard. Um, I believe I sent you something by that band self. Oh, that's that one dude, right? It's just one guy. Yeah. Yeah. That guy's amazing. And, and I loved your, your comment back to me about it. You said this, uh, this guy is like a master of dissonance. I think you said. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and I see where you get some of your compensation, compensation, compensational skills. That's mm. not the right word. It's composing. Com compositional. Thank is you. I think it's zitional. Compositional. <laughs> Com composing. Yeah. Aspects. Yeah. Um, and, and, is that was one of those comments that made me reflect and look mm. back on some of my stuff and go, damn, I, I think he's right. Like it didn't occur to me before, but he has such a beautiful way with noise mm. that, that makes it musical. Yeah. That, that I absolutely adore. And if, if you listen to a bunch of his, I think he's got four records out under self. Mm -hmm. um, he also wrote the gravy train the catchy gravy train thing. And he also, he's, oh, the yeah, guy yeah. That wrote, he's the guy that wrote Expedia.com. Right. He gets a million dollars just from that yeah. little. Yeah. .com. Yeah. 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 It's um, amazing. So if you listen to his albums, he, he's got this beautiful recurring thing where a song will come on and it'll just be a noise in the background where you're like, I've never heard that mm, in, okay. in anything musical in a musical context. And, and, the next thing you know, you're shaking your butt to it. Like, you're like, Oh, that's, I like it. Yeah. So that's what I, a lot of the times what I'm putting in my music is like, like uh, grave diggers dirge. That's yeah. a dude. That's a dude taking a shovel to the dirt. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, yeah, that that's awesome. Let's put a drum beat around that. And is that really what it is? Like actually what it is? Yeah. It's a sample oh, wow. of a shovel. Digging oh, that's dirt. awesome. Yeah. Huh. I love that. See, I love all that kind of dissonance stuff too, man. Like uh, the weird notes, like that aren't supposed to go together. Like that's what grabs me and makes me go, Oh, what's going on here? Like, yep. I don't know. I think that's why I was really interested in a lot of your music is because I would try to figure out the riffs and stuff. And I, I couldn't like some of the notes, I couldn't figure out what the heck was going on. So <laughs> I just like make noise over the top. Like, thank you. Me, me either. That's why I don't have any damn guitar for any of it. That's that's where you that's where you pulled something off where I failed for. I just made robot noises. That was my whole goal. Eh, I'm just gonna squeak and squonk over the top of all this shit. No man, it sounds awesome. Well, I like what you did, but uh, so are you working on any other projects? Like, what's what's what are you doing musically these days? Just studio stuff? Yeah, just uh, with COVID and with with my uh, current state of mind and etc. I'm just playing, I just play acoustic. I'll pick my acoustic up a couple times a week and, you know, 
Incubus yeah. Drive comes out or, you know, a classic Colin uh, Overkill. I'll play Overkill or or a, a Jimmy's Chicken Shack song. You should really check out some Jimmy's Chicken Shack albums, man. Their first two albums are off the freaking chain. I remember them back in the late 90s. They they, they had that hit high or whatever it was. Yeah, that was their first, first hit off of their first album. Yeah, um, I remember liking that, that song. That whole album is amazing. Like you, I never heard any of it at all. I played uh, in a band in Salt Lake City as the drummer, actually, which you asked me earlier, what was my first experience in a band? And that was as a bassist. But if you were to ask me what was the most fun you'd ever had in a band? As a drummer? Definitely be as the drummer. Hmm. Um, I played in a band with Paul Clark. Okay. Yeah, I remember Paul. And and Bo. Yeah. And... uh, uh, we played in downtown music. Nice. And uh, God, I was, why didn't, I can't believe our paths never crossed down there, dude. I was down there. I lived in downtown music. I, dude. Well, we, I played, I tried to play with you and Bo one time. Oh, I remember you when remember you that? came up. Yeah. Yeah. Me, I, play, I, I came in I, with I, the bass and tried to play something that Bo had showed me. Yeah. And I, and I still give him shit to the, to this day. Yeah. Because he, <laughs> We, we we ran through a song like three times mm. and then Bo finally looked at me and went, Hey dude, can you just play the root notes? Oh, sad. And I'm like, oh, damn. <laughs> oh. Play the fucking bass, bro. Yeah, dude, now. just play the bass. What are you being shiny for, you dumbass? Just play the root notes. So I'm like, all right, sorry. And then I still oh, couldn't keep up with you guys. It was, it was sick. I think you yeah, guys I mean, ended up getting... Uh, Phil F to play with you. On I don't that? know. My thing, my, I played with Bo for only a short amount of time. Like it, it, we never quite fully got it all fleshed out. So <clears throat> I don't, I barely remember it. And I was fucked up a lot back in those days. Too, <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't remember a lot of people I was playing with. So yeah. Yeah. Bo's a trip too. Like Bo. Yeah. I, I've sent those same song scaffolding. Oh really? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, he, and he just sends them back and goes, "I don't even know what you're doing. <laughs> I don't know what this is. I don't know how to do anything." You gotta make some. You gotta make the. You just channel robots fucking. That's what I did. Just thank you. <laughs> yeah, just thank you. I mean, try if to make can... it sound like robots having sex. There you right. go. Picture two printers from the '80s, just <laughs> going at <laughs> it. Going at it. Right. Yeah. So that being said, everybody should go check out piano drop complex <laughs> um i put everything up on a playlist on youtube and i'll put links in the show notes so everybody can go check all that out um is there anything that you want to tell the i would say the world but i mean sometimes i get 10 listens and sometimes i get 200 listens so i don't know right on is there anything you want to tell anybody that might listen to this just that uh none of these songs would be accessible or exist without you oh shit so, I, I, Dude, what a nice guy he uses his moment to talk to the world to say how nice that i did <laughs> right i dig it man i dig everything uh, well again i'm super like honored to play on it dude it was so much fun and i love the songs i hope we can keep doing it i mean let's just keep throwing shit back and forth and see what happens we'll just keep adding to the playlist awesome i've got all my stuff um i can i can finally get set back up so nice All right, let's do it, man. Sounds good. 
All right, so that was my talk with JB. Uh, it was super awesome to connect with him again. We ended up talking for three or four hours after that uh, recorded conversation ended and went deep into music and deep into comedy. We're both huge stand-up comedy fans, so um, super awesome to connect with JB again and super awesome to be a part of this musical experience. And I'm going to tack a song on the end here called Grave Diggers Dirge. Um, JB mentioned in the interview there that this started from a sample of a dude digging dirt, which I had no idea when I recorded my parts over the top of it. So that makes it super cool to go back and listen again for me. So this is Grave Diggers Dirge, and uh, you've been listening to the Brain Radio Podcast, and I love you. Have a great week.